0: Thank you for listening to the Risen Community Church podcast. Risen Church exists to point all people to a new life with Jesus. It is our prayer that you are encouraged and inspired by this message and that the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus Christ through it. To learn more about Risen Church or to contribute to this ministry financially, check us out on social media or visit risencommunity.church. That's risencommunity.church. text me today and um you know from our church family and they said uh, well, we're having a tough time getting up so thank you you are my heroes for getting up early and coming here Jason better late than never <laughs> 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 hey, you made it you, you get credit for that so that's, right <laughs> so we're not gonna use big screens or anything today, but um you know God has been putting it on my heart to find something that will help us um, understand um, how we can be uh, followers. How can we actually just never get stagnant, never get worried, never get um, that burden uh, taken away from our hearts for the lost. Instead, having our walk with Jesus uh, becomes the burden itself, right? And that's huge. I'm going to say that again. Please pay attention to this. I've been praying so hard for God to... Keep increasing his burden in our hearts for the lost, but also decreasing the burden of doing the ministry, you know, for him. Because, uh, you know, when we follow Jesus, it shouldn't be hard. Is when we lose our sight for what we're doing and what we're doing it for, and we lose the burden, the fire in our hearts for the lost, then the ministry itself becomes the burden. So with that being said, you got to be rooted. You got to understand why you do what you do. If you've been doing it for 40 years, 50 years, if you've been going to church since you were a little kid, that becomes a lifestyle. And when it becomes lifestyle, we lose that connection. We lose that touch that at the end of the road, there is a finish line that we have to go through it. And that's a fact of life. Whether we like it or not, whether it's comfortable to us or not comfortable, this, the dangerous um, is uh, we become sleepers, right? And the Bible says awaken you sleepers because we become sleepers because we've been doing this for so long. And we get in a situation that we run away from God. We run away from God because we're letting the flesh take over. So with that being said, that is my introduction to the book of Jonah. You know, the book of Jonah, you can look it up in the Bible probably by the time I'm done Um uh, you know, sharing the message, you probably won't find it. It's a small book. Um, uh, it's uh, actually uh, really sandwiched between uh, Obadiah and uh, Makai. So it's four four pages. So, But the book of Jonah has a lot of practical examples to our life. It really does. Uh, you know, you look at uh, Jonah, he's uh, one of the 12 minor prophets. It's nothing because anything, it's just his book is small. But Jonah, He's the only prophet that his, uh, his book is really is just a, a narrative account. It has nothing to do with prophecy. He's just telling a story, telling his story. But also Jesus uh, mentioned Jonah um, in the book of Matthew, and we'll go over that in a little bit. But so uh, God, um, I'm going to actually, I'm going to teach the old way, and I like that. So, so we're going to just go over the background of the book, all right? And that's really makes more sense to me. So the book uh, of Jonah, you know, was written about 780 uh, years before Jesus came, 780 years. So, so it is all about um, commission. And Jesus came and his last commandment is the great commission, right? So, so God comes to um, Jonah, right? And he tells them arise. He says, arise. If you wanna, if you wanna follow me, if you have uh, an app, or if you wanna use, if you have a uh, paper or uh, Bible, please uh, follow me. If you wanna do that, so chapter one says, the word which is God of the Lord came to Jonah. I can wait. If anybody wants to use an app, I'd love for you guys follow me on an app or paper uh, Bible. So the book of Jonah, chapter one. The okay, all right. I wait. So the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go, he said, go, arise. Same thing like Jesus told us, right? In his great commission, he says, go, don't be stagnant. I'm sending you. So it's the scary part is when God sends us the word, you know, He send you and I a word and says, go. It's basically his commission us, he's sending us out. He's asking us to go and don't be stagnant. And a lot of times you and I, we get that go so many times from God and we have the nudge in our hearts knowing that he's telling us to go, but we choose not to. We choose to run away from our calling because it's not comfortable, it's not the right timing because we have, and of course probably the kids will have a laugh at it, we have too many bots, right? but this, but that, right? (laughs) And then we have too many Fs, you know. You know, if this is just the right time, if I'm just a little bit comfortable, if I have a little bit more money, if the weather is nice, if I can just sleep another half an hour, if these people are nice, or, you know, we just, the list goes on and on. So, So God sent the word to Jonah, and he says, go right now, just go to the great city of Nineveh, and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. So, give you an idea uh, about Nineveh. Okay, Nineveh is actually the present-day Iraq, right? Back in the days, um, it was the uh, capital city of the Assyrian um, uh, emperor. It was big. It was huge. Actually, they say about takes about three to four days, or even weeks, to walk through it. Uh, there were 120,000 people living in that city but it was cruel, they were very harsh, and then when they invaded a city, they made a display of their bodies. So this is how bad they were, and they declared a war against Israel, and it was just a matter of time for them to actually attack Israel. So, so this is Nineveh, right? It's the present day Iraq. So, um, but Jonah, here's the pot, right? Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. Okay, So Tarshish is present-day Spain. So, so God tells him, go. And he tells him, why would I go? Why would I go to these people our are bunch of killers? Uh, why do I need to judge them? You judge them and kill them. I want you to kill all of them. I want you to show mercy on them because they're a bunch of, you know, uh, criminal, bunch of cruel people. And they're using witchcraft to do whatever they need to do. And um, he said, um, If you're not going to take him out, I'm out. I'm I'm not going to do anything. And then God asks him again. And then all of a sudden, what he does, let's look what he does, like most of us do. Instead of him obeying God, he went down to Jabba, where he found a ship um, um, bound for the port. Uh, After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So how many times God tells us to... uh, you know, to do something, and we pay the price. We go pay the price of rebelling against God, and instead of following God, so this is just look at the map here. So you got um, 550 miles right here. This is Nineveh, and then 2,500 miles to this side is Spain. So instead of him going 55 h- miles and follow God and do it the easy way, he chose to go 2,500 miles, the opposite direction, and do it the hard way. And how many times all of us we pay the hefty price, and then we go, we burn time, energy, years of our lives, and we realize we try and do it in the natural. And then when we done, when we exhausted, we lost everything, and we exhausted all our resources, in, including our time, our age, right, which is the most precious thing that we can have is time. And then we look back in our rearview mirror and say, Oh, my gosh, all my life I have not been obedient to God. All my life has been t- asking me, waking me up in the middle of the night with the burden in my heart for this and that and then he's asked me to arise and i'm telling him i'm tired if you can just wait another hour if you can wait another year if you can just provide this and that or if you can have the right uh, people uh, i'll do it you know and um and that's what jonah is doing and it's just really a, a real example of our walk uh with life uh with with god so it's the same principle that's really the principle, is, uh, which is the whole chapter, is based on why we keep running away from God, not running towards God. And then when we run towards God, things become easier, things make more sense, uh, and life goes a lot in a different perspective. Not smoother, uh, you know, for the most part, but God makes it a lot easier for us to go through the storm. So let's read uh, 4. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such violent storm arose that the ship uh, th- uh, threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. So they were sinners, they were not believers in the same God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But, again, here, Jonah had gone below the deck where he laid down and fell into a deep sleep. I'm going to stop right here. So, So God, how many times God actually puts us through hardship so we can actually just stop and say, listen, you're running the opposite direction, and I know it, I see it. And you're going to run into a dead end. You're going to run off the cliff. You're going to get destroyed. And I'm telling you, if you don't listen to me out of love, out of grace, out of mercy, this is what's going to happen. So instead, we pay the years, the time for our rebellious through God. Like Jonah did, he paid the fare to go on that ship, but also God is giving him the storm. He's trying to make sure that he knows that he got him. He can run, but he can't hide, right? And a lot of us, we do that, but the the message in this passage is uh, fall asleep underneath the deck. And then that's us, how many times we are so wounded that we are so scarred, that we're going through really a dark time in our lives because it's so difficult and we start we still try and actually fight the good fight on our own in our natural instead we get so exhausted that we just want to sleep it out we just go i want to sleep i don't want anything to do with anybody i just want to sleep and even when you sleep your brain keeps going back and forth because of that worry like we said worry will keep you um Will keep you up in that resting spot in your uh, in your sleep. You're not going to get there. But that's what uh, uh, Jonah wanted to do. He just want to run away from God, ignore the storm, ignore the sign, ignore that his God is asking him to uh, go to Nineveh instead of going 2,500 miles to Spain uh, to Tarshish. And then um, he goes down to sleep, and he want to sleep it out. He says, I'm, "I know." I know he's after me, I know he's going to try get me, but I'm just going to sleep it out. And, um, but you know, the sad thing is even after we wake up, we can sleep for days. Even after we wake up, reality is going to hit us because nothing is changed. The circumstances are probably got worsened by the time we wake up because we have not done anything. All we did, we just delayed, uh, dealing with the issue. We delayed dealing with God, delayed uh, listening to Jesus and being uh, obedient to his calling over our lives. So let's read the next passage. So, but um, let's look here. Um, And then um, the captain, okay. But Jonah had gone below the the deck where he laid down and fell into a sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? How can you sleep? and this is really this is this is for us that are seasons in our faith. so the captain is a sinner, right? he's coming down to the prophet, the one knows the mission, the commission that knows he knows every word that the god God that gave to the prophets before him he has the scripture memorized, he's been going to um He's been going to church since he was a little kid. He's been waiting every Sunday by the door of the building so he can attend service. He's been ministering to people, people they have been coming to him to ask for counsel, to ask for prayer, for ask for intercessory, uh, you know, encouragement. And then you have a sinner captain that he had to come down and he says, Wake up. Why are you sleeping? Haven't you seen the storm? It's just like us, again, we sleep in the middle of the storm because we want to sleep it out. And sometimes it takes somebody with little to no faith to remind us that we cannot do it alone, even though we're seasoned, right? Even though we have this Holy Bible memorized and we know everything about it, but we fail short of the glory of God because we don't have faith in him. We don't have confidence because we have what I call it a reward mindset, right? So you have two different of believers. Believers that they do it with the servanthood, right? We do it because we know that we call, we call to do it. We do it because we do it for Jesus and his uh, kingdom. And that's what we call it the servanthood. And then the other believers, I call it reward center believers, where we only do what we do because we expecting a reward. If we don't get rewarded for what we do, especially waking up on a day like, day, like today with the daylight savings, what would I do it for? And that's not our fault. It's uh, the culture. Um, you know, the church in the 70s and 80s, and I, I shared that with you, in the 80s and 70s, they uh, shared and they were preaching a totally different gospel. Is what can Jesus do for me? So people start going to church, getting engaged, getting plugged in, and expecting that Jesus is going to blossom, going to do things for them. And the gospel never said that once. The gospel says what we need to do as his hands and uh, feet you know, and what we need to do, not only for Jesus, but also what can we do for his kingdom, and totally different mindset, so, and that's, nobody talks about this, the servanthood of discipleship, nobody brings it, because we want to just focus on the reward, we take it as a- easy, smooth sailing, because we just don't want to offend people, it says, listen, you're not doing it for anybody else, but Jesus, and that's, the whole idea you're not doing it for me you're not doing it for anyone else you're doing it because that heart of yours cannot rest because you do have that the faith that will take you places you have that pain you have that burden in your heart for the lost. and if you don't have that then you're really you're shifting yourself from a follower based on servanthood to a follower based on reward center and that's dangerous zone because now you're just like riding a bicycle, a, st- a stationary bicycle. You're running, running, running. You are running, but you're not going anywhere. And then we look back and say, well, I'm, I'm tired. This is way too much work for me. I want to go to sleep. And then at the end, you have people um, They're waiting for you. Those unique plus gifts that God gave you, they're not yours to keep. There's people counting on you. In this case, 120,000 people counting on Jonah. 120,000 people counting on his gifts for him to burn it to use instead of him being rebellious and run the opposite direction. So the sailors um, said to each other, Come, let's cast the lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all that trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? So actually let me let me connect this passage too. So he answered, I am Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heavens, who made the sea the sea that they are actually in it during the storm and the dry land. So right away they realized that he worship a different God. They realized that he is man of God and then right away he told them he had he has told them already that he is the reason that he's run away from God and the reason the storm is uh, really going on and the sea is going crazy is just because of him. So they did the they realized that he is really what's causing the whole thing but it's funny about the whole story, and we'll see that, that even, even unbelievers, even people believe in different gods, they still have a soft heart. They still have grace and mercy, but they still fear the, uh, over their lives. So this terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord, from his own God, because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, they, uh, so they asked him, What should we do to make the sea calm down for us? You know, he said, pick me up and throw me in the sea. He replied, and it will become calm. I know that is my fault. Please focus on that. He says, I know that is my fault. I'm going to say it again. He said, I know that is my fault. That's the great storm has come upon you. So he's a prophet, but now he's confessing. He put his pride aside, and he says, it is my fault. I am so sorry. How many of us will offend people at work, um, even driving, or even people from the same faith, and we do not have the courage to put our pride aside and say, it is my fault. It is my fault. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Now we have a prophet. He's talking to sinners, unbelievers, and he said, I understand what's going on. It is my fault. I am sorry. Please look at that and realize the bride will only build a wall not only between you and God but also between you and other people. Had he not said that these people would actually won't take the uh, next step in their faith and we'll see in a little bit. So instead the, the men did their best to roll back to the land. So and that's another, another issue here. So we go through the storm we know God is not pleased with us. We know that he's not happy. We know that we have to run back to him instead of running away from him. But instead, we run away from him and we start working hard. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I'm going to, tr- you know, do my best. I'm going to just keep trying harder. Things will change. Things will happen. I'm, I'm Superman. I'm superhero. I can make it. And God is actually just standing and laughing. He says, Really? I created you, and with the natural, things will never move. Things will never happen. And whatever you're going through, whatever spot that you are in your life, whatever season you're going in through your life, you can row towards shore hard. You can row, try, ride the storm hard. But at the end, you're going to get tired, and you're not going to be able to make it. So they tried. They tried hard. They tried hard. And the reason why they tried hard, the reason why they tried hard, and this is really meant a lot to me, the reason why they tried hard, because they didn't want to throw him in the water. They don't believe in God, right? They don't believe in God. They had no reason. They could have killed him. But they didn't want to have his blood on their hands. And they tried hard. They tried to, they rode against the storm, against the wave, trying to get to shore. But they realized it's not going to happen. It is just nothing's going to change. And the, the water got rougher and rougher and rougher. And then they had to make a decision. Then they cried out to the Lord. They cried out to God, Noah's God, not their God. Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done so as you please. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the rage sea grew calm. And, this is, um, and then this, the, the men greatly feared the Lord. And they offered the sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. So had Jonah said, it's not my fault, had he not come clean and put his pride aside, everybody would have died. And these people, they would have not able to get a chance to know who the true God is. And not only just pray for him and asking him to forgive him for killing or throwing Jonah in the water, but also they sacrificed and they gave vows to God, so now you have sinners, right? And then you have a man of God. He's on board. He's trying to run away from God, and then you have these people. They see that the miracle through obedience, through a humble servant, how things, how God changed the conditions of the sea, and um, that's who we are. You know, sometimes, sometimes we have the gifts of prophecy, right? And we just don't want to use it because we struggle with this. Every one of us struggle. Every day we run away from God. Every single day we run away from God through the flesh because our flesh wants to take over. Not until we have that servanthood mentality that we hear. Are on a journey. We hear for a short period of time. Um, before we know it, uh, we're going to meet Jesus. Um, we get stagnant. We get comfortable. We get tired, and. Um, and God says, that's fine. That's part of the journey. That's part of ministry. But I need you to run back to me, not run away from me. Because when you run away from me, now you're putting your own personal agenda in front of you. And you're running after it. And in ministry, there is no personal agenda. It's all about God. It's all about the one our heart desires. all about serving Him. It's all about expanding His kingdom. It's all about taking His gospel everywhere he wants us to go to the end of the earth right this is the great commission so anytime god asks us to arise that means he's asking us to move and keep moving and jonah failed to do that failed to do that it, you know we'll go over the other chapters but really the core uh principle for today's message is very pr- very really uh i can actually break it down to threefold is are we being obedience to god are we answering god's calling and are we doing outreach okay so you know instead of us running to God we run away from him and then instead of us answering God's calling when he asks us to go we go the opposite direction and then the last one are we reaching the lost and that's really the whole three uh, principle of the three principles of uh, chapter one is you know are we being his hands and feet are we being obedient? Are we running towards Him through thick and thin, through hills and valley of this life? Are we, uh, you know, answering His calling to go plant a church in Swartz Creek or go plant a church in Africa or go plant a church in anywhere because there is maybe just one person out there that they need to meet Jesus and never ever leave Him and then maybe give uh, Jesus a chance to meet Him and introduce Himself. So, and then the last one is, are we, are we becoming uh, stagnant in our walk and faith with God? And instead of putting God first, we're putting our personal agenda because we're just waiting for the reward to come, right? So, you know, three principles, but in our daily life, how that's going to relate to us is when we wake up in the morning, we realize that this is a gift from God. We realize that this is something that God did not have, and He does not have to give us that day as much as He doesn't have to give us that small, tiny, fresh of breath of air that we can breathe. And a lot of us, including myself, we take that for granted. You know, even the air we breathe, it's its a blessing. It's, it's He gives us that, and He can take it in any second, Right. And we cannot just ignore that. We cannot take that for granted because we just laser focus on the mission and commission that we are after. And then when we get home, we realize that I was so disobedient. Where is God in the, in, in the whole equation? He did not exist. Jesus does not exist. And what example did I set up that day for people that I encounter? Nobody. Just me, myself, and I. And that's what Jonah did. Not until... He put his pride aside and he says, it is my fault. I messed up and I'm going to mess you guys up and I'm going to, you guys are going to die because it is me. It is my fault. I'm the one who's being disobedient. I'm the one who's, uh, instead of chasing after God, I'm just chasing after my own agenda because I don't want God to share the same grace and mercy that he's sharing with me towards these killers. Okay, I, I want God to judge him and I want him to kill him. And that's the lesson sometimes also God wants to show us that we are not in a position to judge people. we all sinners. We all have burdens. We all have difficulties. We all have issues. And not until and unless you know the true story of that person, you can actually understand what they're going through. Otherwise, it's all based on assumption. It's all based on lies. Not until you sit down with that person face to face and says, okay, what is going on? I feel that way. And then when that person answers, you will be surprised nine times out of ten. It is totally, totally, totally. Now what do you think? Because you just made your own story and you believed it. And that's what Jonah did. He fell short of the glory of God because he did not want God to save those 120,000 people. Of course, those 120,000 people, not all of them are killers because they have kids, they have elder people, and he didn't want even... God to show mercy on them. So, whatever you do this week, uh, please um, show grace, show mercy, and be sensitive to God's um, calling you. And I'm telling you, if He He asks you to arise, <laughs> you better arise because you only get few chances in life in to invest time and energy uh, in your walk and faith with God. So Jonah, he he'll change, but. We'll go over the um, next three chapters and uh, we'll connect God, uh, we'll connect Jesus because actually I'll share that with you. So how, how this is connected to Jesus. So, so Jesus in Matthew chapter 15, he just got done um, healing this demon-possessed uh, man, right? He was um, uh, blind and he was deaf. So he heals him. So the Pharisees, they didn't like that. So they come to Jesus says, you know, teacher. You know, uh, give us a sign that you are the Son of God. He says, only a wicked people will ask for a sign. And if any sign you're going to get is going to be the sign of Jonah. And how this related to Jesus, because um, Jonah was in the belly of the big fish for three days and three nights, right? And Jesus was in the heart of the earth 780 years later. And he was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, right? And so. If you look at it, that's really how those two books related. Uh, and then we'll go over, again, the other chapters, which is a lot of good stuff, a lot of practical um, principles that will actually help us with our walk in faith, um, in faith uh, with Jesus. And um, I think a lot of it, it will help us shift our mindset from, uh, uh, you know, reward center followers to servanthood uh uh, center followers, because that's really who God called us to be. I mean, you look, the disciples are big example. It was all about serving. It's all about serving. And the biggest uh, and the highest priest himself, Jesus, he said, I never came here to be served. I came to serve, right? Jesus always, always said that he wanted to serve. He never came to be served. And this is what uh, Risen Church is all about. You know, our mission is to lead and point all people to a new life with Jesus. And the only way we can do that—it's very simple It's just be boots on the ground as much as humanly possible and just keep doing what we're doing and then uh, just have that servanthood mentality. That's the only way this church will actually keep going. So our uh, rewards, we don't need rewards, you know, just making sure that we're doing what God is calling us to do and what uh, Jesus is uh, asking us and commission us to do. If we fulfill the great commission, life is good. That's really all we need. So. So that's who we are, and that's really what the church is all about. And we don't really, I mean, we don't, we meet here, we meet anywhere else. The whole idea is to point all people to a new life with Jesus, and this is, again,